When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And it ended in this question, quote, what would you say to someone who says veganism can't be that healthy if you need a supplement to be healthy on the diet? It can't be that natural, end quote. And I wanted to say a lot of stuff, but I held back because I knew that I have a lot to say on this topic. I've talked about this before in little bits and pieces, and I thought, I'm just going to put it all together. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 207. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey, veggie lovers. Welcome to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I'm going to give you my opinion about whether veganism is natural. And this was prompted by a discussion I had with james.l.g on Instagram. We talked about lots of things, but this was one of their final questions. And I thought this would be perfect for a podcast episode because I have so much to say on this topic. But before I get to that, I want to give you a couple of announcements, reminders. You've probably heard this in the previous episodes if you are not new to the podcast. But if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank Thank you so much for being here. As you may have realized, I have started promoting some of my affiliate partners and sponsors on the show. So you're going to be hearing some ad breaks. But if you want access to ad-free podcast episodes and much more, including a monthly live Q&A with me, monthly live book club, so excited about this part extra writings and musings. If you want to hear more about what's going on in my very busy brain, free giveaways, and the opportunity to submit questions for future podcast guests, and hopefully at some point, even private live 
interviews with the podcast guests I have, then you want to join the Plantscription. So far, this is going so well, and I am so grateful for my community that has joined the Plantscription and is making this such a fabulous place to be. So basically, this is a subscription-based membership to my podcast. So every week, you're going to get at least one ad-free episode of Veggie Doctor Radio, so you don't have to listen to or scroll through the ads and all of those other perks. So if you want to join, go to Plantscription. So like eating a plant and a prescription together, plantscription.substack.com or follow the link in the show notes to sign up. It's only $5 a month right now, but I am going to be raising the price soon because this is an amazing deal, y'all. It's gonna be so great. And I hope over the next months to years, I hope to grow this into a really robust membership program, including coaching and all kinds of cool courses and elements, okay? So this is the beginning of that. I have been back to doing one-on-one coaching, but I do have limited space. My slots are filling up quickly. There's been a great response. Thank you all who have been signing up for discovery calls. It's so exciting. If you wanna get in on this and you wanna sign up for a discovery call to see if coaching is right for you to help you meet your goals, integrate habits and behaviors to reach the well-being you desire, go to dryami.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com, forward slash coach me. And then you can find sign up for a free discovery call. We can find out if working together is going to be a good fit for both of us. Like I said, I'm doing this episode because I was having a conversation with james.l.g on Instagram. We were talking about research studies and all kinds of things like this. And it ended in this question, quote, what would you say to someone who says, Veganism can't be that healthy if you need a supplement to be healthy on the diet. It can't be that natural, end quote. And I wanted to say a lot of stuff, but I held back because I knew that I have a lot to say on this topic. I've talked about this before in little bits and pieces, and I thought, I'm just going to put it all together in this episode. Before I give you my breakdown, this is several pages long, so I'm anticipating this is gonna take a while, so I hope you grab a chair, have your tea ready, or going on a walk with your dog. Speaking of, I'm living on the edge today, and my dog is right over here on my couch, resting quietly. I hope that she will continue to do that. I did not put her away. If she barks, I guess we'll just edit it out, but you know what, today I felt like living on the edge. All right, well, let's start with this topic. Is veganism natural? Number one, what is natural anyway? Okay, so I'll admit, I used to say this. I still have a lot of parents that come to my pediatric practice and they'll say things like, oh, we heard you were more natural and we were looking for a more natural pediatrician. And I used to be that person, say, you know, I wanna do things more naturally, blah, 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 okay? I'm not saying that this is a bad way to think, And I think that we all have good intentions, but whenever you actually start to look at it, it may not be what you think, okay? So it's not a bad desire. It's just that it can lead to confusion, especially when companies can use this term to play on these desires and capitalize on our kind of vague, this vague desire to be natural. And sometimes natural isn't truly what we want anyway, and I'll talk about that in the next section, do we really wanna be natural? 
So what does natural mean? There's a lot of definitions of the word natural. It can be used as an adjective or a noun. The Oxford Online Dictionary defines natural as, quote, existing in or caused by nature, not made or caused by humankind, end quote. That's very broad, okay? So existing by nature, but not made or caused by humankind. So that basically eliminates anything made by humans. Anything made by humans is not natural, okay? I took a poll on my Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I am at the Dr. Yami, and I got great responses, but 83% of people that answered the poll said that they felt that yes, veganism is natural, 17% said no, it is not natural. But I was going to read from some direct messages I got in response to this question. So Little Bits of Beauty says, I think it's natural for humans to eat whatever is available or possible. So IMO, in my opinion, in theory, any diet is natural if it's something we can survive on. That's a good perspective. Michael Ujoya, who I've had on the podcast recently, love him doing some great things. He said, ooh, love this question. I've clicked no, mostly because of how veganism is approached by most people today. So I asked him to elaborate. I said, I'm curious, what part of how people approach it makes you say no? So he said, within the last five-ish years where plant-based slash vegan eating has become more popular, a lot of brands slash food companies have jumped onto that. And a lot of the products people consume as a vegan diet now are anything but quote healthy. I know that word is vague. So you find that the modern vegan diet is heavily processed and people think that it is natural or healthy as a default. Yeah, it can be really misleading, right? And that's what I was talking about is that you're just using this word natural and it's, it's confusing because we want, we want to feel this wholesome, yeah, it's natural, you know? Nadia Patel says, as a kid, my parents had to force me to eat animals and animal products. I never wanted them. Being vegan feels the most natural. And this is actually a different definition of natural, but to her, yeah, she's like, it's natural to me because it feels like the path of ease to me. It feels like the way that my body, my mind, my spirit want to go. I love that from Nadia. And then my friend Carly, she was kind of on the fence. She was like, I don't know which way to go. I don't think it's natural necessarily, but I think humans have evolved to be able to thrive off a plant-based lifestyle. So it is a cruel decision not to, if I'm being honest. I think the most natural might look something like 80 to 90% plants, 10% animal products based on a hunter-gatherer type of lifestyle. Interesting, interesting perspective. So lots of different thoughts on this. Do you want to hear my opinion? Well, hopefully you do because you're still listening to this podcast episode. The next thing I want to say about what is natural is that I suspect that sometimes what we deem natural or our desire to be more natural stems from our beliefs of how we got here and how everything on this planet got here. I think, I don't know, correct me if this is not true for you, but some people they subscribe more to the origin theory of, you know, God created us, God made us perfect in his image, and he created these animals, and everything is perfect and harmonious, and so we're just in this system. So when we have that belief that's based on a foundation of things are are 
perfect the way they are. So we just need to continue doing what has been taught to us from generations before based upon this belief because it's perfect and flawless and made for us, right? But even people that subscribe to the theory of evolution, they also have some misunderstandings because not everybody truly understands the theory of evolution by natural selection. And because of that, there is some confusion. So some people think that evolution is like a perfect fit, like this perfect harmony where things are working out perfectly and there's no flaws. At least I, it seems that's what some people believe. But really, when it comes to evolution by natural selection, it's just good enough for now. That's what I say. It's good enough for now because what is happening is that whatever mutations happen and allow you to thrive within that environment or to, by thrive, I mean reproduce within that environment, it only has to be long enough for you to pass down your genes. You don't necessarily have to be feeling great during that time and you may die soon after. So that is enough to propagate the species and pass on your genes. But it doesn't mean that things are really going ideally for you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're feeling great and you're feeling the way that you desire, the way that you wanna feel. It's just good enough for now. And the for now part is reminding us that the world, that life, that time is dynamic. So even if you're a good fit for the environment right now, it doesn't mean you will be in 10 or 20 or 30 years, especially as the world changes around us, right? The climate's changing, the availability of food is changing. We can even look at it right now and how we evolved to be able to adapt to famines and food scarcity and movement and all of that several thousand years ago, or, you know, might even say millions of years ago, but right now our environment's very different than then. So we have a a set of genes that allowed us to survive. And now not only are we surviving, but we are like literally just exploding in our numbers because of what we've set up now. Okay. So I have an entire podcast episode on this where I talk about natural selection and evolution, what it means for our diet. And there's a lot of similar themes between this episode and that episode, but I go more into that. So if you're interested in that, it's going to be linked in the show notes. I love talking about it. I was super close about going into evolutionary psychology. You know, I was like going to be a detour from medicine before I went to medical school, but I stuck with medicine. So I still love to learn and talk about it. One thing that I always like to have on hand to support my healthy eating style is a yummy sauce. Sauces just help bring our meals together with delicious flavors. I do my batch cooking on the weekends and I usually make one or two sauces, but invariably life gets in the way and stuff happens. Like we eat all the sauce before the end of the week or I get busy and I don't have time to make any sauce. So I am so happy that now I have a go-to all-purpose sauce that I can keep in my fridge. What's even better is that it's shelf-stable until I open it. Yay! I'm kind of obsessed with Bernie Wilde's adventure sauce for many reasons, but here are three. Number one, it tastes amazing. It's creamy and has a mild, pleasantly spicy kick, but it also has a unique umami flavor with a smokiness and a bit of a tang. It's kind of hard to describe, you just have to taste it yourself. Number two, it goes on anything. 
We've used it on bowls, salads, tacos, soup, and even as a dip. Honestly, the hardest part is not straight up drinking it out of the bottle. Everyone in my family loves it. And number three, it's a great company with a heart-centered mission. This is a plant-based company whose mission is to inspire others to live a little more adventurously and encourage a passionate enthusiasm for life, the planet, and all of its inhabitants. Are you curious about this delicious sauce? It's called Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce, and you have a good reason to grab yourself a bottle or two right now. My listeners get 20% off their first order of $20 or more and free shipping. Just use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I. Follow the link in the show notes or go to berniewilds.com, B-U-R-N-Y-W-I-L-D-S.com. After you taste it, I want to know what you think about the sauce. Do you love it as much as I do? Get yourself a couple of bottles right now of Bernie Wilde's Adventure Sauce and get your 20% off and free shipping by using the code Dr. Yami. Enjoy. Okay, so the second part, do we really want to be natural? Okay, this is probably the most important question. Do we really want to be natural though? Okay, have you ever watched nature shows with your children. I love watching like the National Geographic and all of those nature shows, but nature is harsh. It is harsh. I like to watch them with my kids, but I like to watch them with my kids in the comfort of my couch in a temperature controlled environment with my blanket, access to clean water and food whenever I get hungry. Okay. So it's like this huge contrast between what is really natural and what environment we live in now. I'm gonna give you an example that I will never forget till the day I die, the image will be burned in my head. Have you ever heard of this species of bird called the barnacle goose? So barnacle geese live in the Arctic. It's already like, who wants to live in the Arctic? Raise your hand if you want to live in the Arctic. Nobody, nobody ever. It's really cold. There's like nothing to eat. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that. Misery, okay? So nobody actually wants to live in the Arctic, but these little animals evolved in the Arctic. So that's where they live. So it's already harsh, but there's predators there too. So there's all these animals like living there because they've evolved to live in the Arctic. So these geese, to protect their little eggs, their little babies, they have to lay them on the top of these cliffs so that these predator animals can't get to the eggs. And here's the problem. So the good news is a lot of these eggs hatch. The bad news is, is that for whatever reason, this species of bird, it can't take the food to their babies. Okay. So, and I don't know how many species of bird do this, but it seems to me like we all learn, like, you know, the mama bird, it takes the baby, it feeds the baby bird. Well, this bird can't do that. These nests are like 400 feet high off of the ground. So when these little geese, little baby geese hatch and they're like two days old, the mama's like, all right, it's time y'all, it's time to go eat. So she hops off the cliff and of course she can fly, she has wings. And so she flies straight down and the little babies are like, mama, mama, what do we do? And so one by one, these babies literally have to jump off a 400 foot cliff. Even as I say this, my heart's racing because When I saw this, like, you know, the way that they make these things really dramatic, right? They make these shows really dramatic. And I'm watching this baby jump off a cliff. 
I screamed out loud. Ask my kids. We were watching this. We were all horrified. We were horrified. So this baby, this little cute, tiny little baby goose, it has to jump off a cliff 400 feet to the bottom. And it like, its little body is like bouncing off the rocks and like, like, it's like a little ball. It's like a little bouncing furry ball, fuzzy ball. And then it gets to the bottom. And if it survives, then it walks to meet its parents waiting below and then they go get food. Just don't watch it. It's going to traumatize you. Any mother, you're just going to be traumatized. So I'm just describing it for you. But my point is that 10% of the babies die just by jumping off the cliff because obviously jumping off a cliff is not something that you want to do if you want to decrease your risk of death, okay? They don't all die because they've evolved to be like super fuzzy and furry, but it's not ideal. It's not ideal to have to jump off a cliff to go get your first meal when you're two days old. Hey humans, I know you wanna eat healthier but feel strapped for time and even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included, so even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home-cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring! And time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home-cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. 
myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutri-Greens and we loved it. The Daily Nutri-Greens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The Daily Greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The Daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. Another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the Apple Banana Daily Nutri-Greens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste, and I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unfortunately, another 40% of these adorable babies die from predators before they're even one month old. So now we're, we're already down to one out of two of these barnacle geese not living past a month old. A few die in their traumatic leap from the nest and the rest get eaten by predators. This is natural. That is nature. Okay, so just let that sink in. So glad I'm not a barnacle goose mom or baby, but that is natural. So you say, okay, we're not barnacle geese and we're not living in the Arctic. Thank goodness. But what about humans? So in the United States, current infant mortality rate is 5.5 per 100 births. So that means that 5.5 babies die for every 1,000 babies born before one year of age, infant mortality rate. The worldwide infant mortality rate is 26 per 1,000 births. So in the United States, thankfully, we're a lot lower than the cumulative world infant mortality rate. But in 1950, it was 147 per 1,000. So that meant 14% of all human babies died before their first birthday. That's natural, that's natural. Do we want to be natural? One thing that is critical to understand is that being human does not guarantee optimization. Humans are really good at surviving. Like I said before, when I'm talking about evolution, all we need to do to propagate as a species is live long enough to reproduce. It doesn't mean you have to feel good. It doesn't mean you have to feel perfect. I don't think we're all going to feel perfect anyway, but humans can survive with suboptimal nutrition, with vitamin deficiencies, et cetera. So when it comes to nutrition, what does it mean to be natural? 
I think what it means to be natural when it comes to nutrition, if we're really thinking back along all our history as a species, it means having to work pretty hard to get enough food and having times where there's significant food scarcity because you can't find food, you can't forage food, you can't kill the food. I've read recently about the Hadza tribe. They're in Tanzania. They're like the last surviving hunter-gatherer tribe left in the natural world. Oh, here's, here I'm using the word, word natural. So they forage or hunt for their food. They also eat a lot of honey. So honey is one of their favorite. I think it was like 20 to 30% of their calories is actually coming from honey. So you could say, okay, this is a, a group, a population of people that we can study that are probably living the most natural we can find right now because there's not very much of that left. And guess what? Their teeth are horrible. They have tooth decay. They have missing teeth, broken teeth, because they use, especially the men, they use their teeth a lot to make tools and to, you know, open, you know, like, you know, as tools. They basically use their teeth as tools and they eat all this honey. So their teeth are not great. So that's natural. Okay. <laughs> that's natural. And there, so there's a lot of things that we can see in the quote natural world in nature that are probably not things we truly want, like death, like premature death. Do you want to die young? I don't think so. I think the whole point of you listening to this podcast and friends and family saying, well, is it natural? Is that we want to live long, healthy lives. So let me move on to omnivorous diet. So veganism, is it natural because you have to supplement? I think it's a valid question, but let's talk about the omnivorous diet. Unless you eat 100% whole foods that you grow yourself without any kind of help from any package anywhere, I would say that your diet's not natural, no matter what. Whether you're a vegan or you're omnivore or you're eating any kind of diet, it's not natural. That's my argument. Humans have actually been suffering from deficiencies for quite a while. And even now, iron deficiency is still the most common worldwide nutrient deficiency in the world. Because of this, in the United States, food has been fortified for over a hundred years. It is so common that you may not even realize that it's being done. One of the first foods to be fortified was salt, the addition of iodine. And this was because there were so many people at the time that were developing goiter from lack of iodine in their diet. And this was not just because they weren't eating things that had iodine, but even the things that should have had iodine, the iodine was low because of where it was being grown and taken from. Vitamin D, that is another nutrient that's added to a lot of food products, including milk, yogurt, orange juice, things like that. And then there's foods that are enriched. And what this means is that because they had to process the food, in many cases, grains like flour, they take out the germ, they take out the bran, which has a lot of the nutrients in it they have to put those nutrients back in, such as iron, folic acid, niacin, riboflavin, thiamine. And then there's other commonly added micronutrients in our food system, calcium and vitamin A. So really any food that's processed, whether it's lightly processed or moderately, definitely ultra processed for sure, there's things added to it. You know, There's all these nutrients added to it so that we don't get deficient as a population. So this is a public health measure to decrease the amount of morbidity or health problems from micronutrient deficiencies. 
So what are the foods that are typically fortified or enriched in our country? Breakfast cereal, flour, milk, both dairy and non-dairy. So for the omnivores and for the vegans, juice, yogurt, salt, fats, and oils have vitamins added to them. Tea and infant formula. So that's just some of the more common ones that are fortified or enriched. There's also something known as biofortification, which means that crops are selectively bred or genetically engineered to have increased nutritional value. I hadn't even known that or thought of that before, but that's another way to think about it. And just to add, don't forget that your water is treated at a water treatment facility and they add all kinds of stuff to water to treat it. And then they add fluoride too, to decrease our risk of cavities. So there's supplements and vitamins and nutrients and minerals added to your food and your water all the time. It's not natural. It's not natural. That was not created in nature. That was added by us. It was man-made, woman-made, man or woman-made. All right, so here's my next point. Are the animals that we eat natural? You've probably not even thought about this one because I just barely thought of it. Y'all, cows are not natural. They're not natural. We made cows, they're domesticated, okay? So, and this was a long time ago, 10,000 years ago, we started to domesticate animals. So these poor cows, we selectively bred them. This is called artificial selection. So natural selection is when it happens... (laughs) naturally. So there we go. The word natural, I didn't even realize I was saying it in that case too. But artificial selection is when we as humans, we breed things together. So whether it's plants or animals in order to create characteristics that we want out of that thing. So we are purposely taking these animals that were once wild and domesticated them and over time bred them. Why do you think there's all these species of cows that look all different? Because we did that just like dogs, like cats, All of these domesticated animals, we did that to them to give them traits that we desire as humans. Have you thought about that before? Cows, pigs, chickens, these have all been domesticated. This is not what these animals looked like originally from the original origin animal that we domesticated them from. They probably look very different than they did 10,000, several thousand years ago. Is that, is Are any of those animals that we eat natural? All right, my next point, is factory farming natural? Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? Join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you wanna join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today and join me in this plantastic community. Did you know that 90% of animals raised in the U.S. for meat and eggs are raised in CAFOs? CAFOs are concentrated animal feeding operations, also known as factory farms. 90, 90% 
of animals raised in the United States are coming from CAFOs. So CAFOs are defined as intensive animal feeding operations in which over 1,000 animal units are confined for over 45 days a year. That is what a CAFO is, okay? So basically a factory farm. CAFOs are not great for the environment because they produce astronomical waste in the order of 335 million tons of waste per year. Water contamination affects the health of nearby residents, the agricultural workers, their health is greatly affected. Obviously, it's not great for the animals. However, did you know that the animals are fed vitamins? They are supplemented, including antibiotics, to accelerate their growth. So you may think, well, I don't support factory farming. I only eat grass-fed, I'm not even gonna say beef, please, because beef doesn't eat, cows eat. So I only eat grass-fed cows that graze. Well, guess what? They're supplemented too. I looked it up. You wanna Google this? I, I was like, okay, let me pretend I'm a farmer and I'm gonna start my own little cattle operation. What supplements do I need to give to my grass-fed cows? A bunch of recommendations come up including things like selenium. There's even this thing that you can give them for them to be calm that has magnesium and, and all of these things. And maybe they don't even need to be supplemented year round, but part of the year, but it doesn't matter. Is that natural? Is it natural? All right, so you might say, well, I don't eat factory farm meat. I don't eat grass-fed cows. I hunt. Great. So the animal, maybe they're living their quote, natural life, but is your gun natural? Is your bow and arrow, which is augmented with titanium, whatever, I don't know, I have no clue about bow and arrows. I'm probably making this up. If you're a hunter, you'll have to educate me on what tools you use. So I think unless you're like literally running with your homemade spear, which technically according to the definition of natural that I read, if you made it yourself, it's no longer natural because I guess what humans make don't count. But let's just say, let's give you a pass on that one. So you're running with your homemade spear and you go kill the deer, maybe. Maybe that could be considered natural. So if natural isn't the way to go or isn't even like literally possible right now in our modern world, then what is? What should we focus on? I have stopped focusing on natural and, and instead started thinking about ways to optimize. How can I optimize my diet and lifestyle behaviors in a way that decreases my risk of disease, increases my benefits, gets me to that well-being, longevity, and joy that I desire, that I desire, and are sustainable for me and the planet, and decrease suffering overall, including that of animals. You know, if animals aren't your jam, that's okay. But all those other reasons you could probably jive with, right? Like sustainable, good for me, good for my family, good for the planet, decrease my my risk of chronic disease increase the benefits, including well-being and longevity, maybe that's a different way to think about it. So what habits and behaviors can we adopt to help us feel the way we want to feel and promote a long, healthy life? Many of these things that we want to do are supported by artificial or man-made means. For example, do you go to a gym? Is exercise equipment natural? And I've interviewed somebody in the past on the podcast that does more natural movement. That's great, but are streets natural? I mean, literally, we could take this a long way, right? Okay, so are you gonna use exercise equipment? There's nothing wrong with that. You have a treadmill at home. I have lots of exercise equipment at home. That supports my well-being. It doesn't mean that I have to feel bad about it because it's not, quote, natural. How about, do you use blackout shades ever? 
to help you sleep longer? Do you work the night shift and you need to use blackout shades? Is that natural? No, but it's going to help you reach those goals of getting better sleep. Do you use a meditation app to help you de-stress? That's technology. That is not natural. These are all things that are man-made and artificial, but they're helping you reach your goals. So the argument of, is it natural, is not necessarily the best argument, in my opinion. So why are we so freaked out about B12 supplements or vitamin D supplements when we do all these other things that aren't natural? So these are things, like I said, that even these animals are having to be supplemented with. And if you don't know about B12, I highly encourage you to check out my Nutrients of Concern series. We'll link them to the show notes. But B12 is not made by animals. It's made by bacteria. And so there's a good explanation of why we could become deficient in B12 if we don't eat animals. But even if you do eat animals, your risk of deficiency goes up after a certain age because you don't absorb it as well. So even omnivorous seniors over 60, 65 years of age are encouraged to supplement their B12. Is it natural? No, but I mean, I don't think they wanna get B12 deficiency when you can easily go buy a B12 supplement, right? So check out my Nutrients of Concern series so you can learn more about these supplements and just know that Even if you're eating an omnivorous diet, there are likely many components of your diet that are supported by man-made ingredients and practices, such as food fortification, enrichment, supplementation of factory farmed animals. So choose the path that's going to get you to where you want to be with less risk and more benefits. It doesn't necessarily have to be natural. That is not my goal anymore. I understand And I don't want a lot of chemicals and stuff in my food because it increases my risk of chronic disease. But there are some things that I do want to make sure I don't get deficient on. For me, vitamin D is one of those because I live in the Pacific Northwest. I have dark skin. I like to use lots of sunblock and cover my skin so that I don't get wrinkles. (laughs) That's my vanity coming out. But I supplement my vitamin D. Is that natural? Nope, but I'm okay with it. So it's just something to think about. Start with your goals, then determine which habits and behaviors you have to establish to achieve those goals with the greatest benefits and the least risk. So that's basically all I have to say about this topic. Remember, we can survive on just about anything. And that's a really great thing of humans. We are almost 8 billion people on this planet because we are really, really, really good at surviving. But it's not just about surviving anymore. It's about thriving. And that requires a different strategy. So do you wanna just survive or do you wanna thrive? And in order to thrive, you're gonna have to be thoughtful about it and you're gonna have to be okay with doing some things that aren't necessarily natural. That is my opinion on the question, is veganism natural? I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have something to say about it, you have some thoughts, I wanna hear it. So DM me on Instagram at thedryami, or you can email me, yami, Y-A-M-I, at dryami.com. Sign up for my newsletter. It's easy to just reply to that and talk to me directly. I'm the one that sees all those emails. Sometimes I reply, sometimes Alejandra replies because I'm really busy, but we do read all of them. So thank you so much for listening, veggie lover. I appreciate you. And thank you for engaging with me in this conversation. It's super interesting and I hope that it was helpful. I hope that you have a very plantastic day. 
Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.